let's let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You have to bounce off of me because I don't. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that. So yeah, um, Fanatsu, we're back again. Um, just quick, uh, you know, room rules. Um, when you're speaking into the mic, um, it it picks up the audio a lot better if you're close like this. And then also it makes uh, my job easier when I'm editing, and I can therefore upload a lot faster. And then so, carry yeah, and then yeah, yeah don't, don't don't drag. Good. It makes a terrible noise if you wanna wanna try it out. No, no? okay, <laughs> terrible. So, anyways, um, yeah, uh, lots been going on in the news. Um, the the topic of the hour it seems is uh, latectin, uh, protein latectin, save retidian. Um, environmental and indigenous activists uh, trying to save over a thousand acres of limestone forest from being turned into a giant stupid uh, live fire training range for the military and uh, outdated weapons right mm -hmm. and then when they should just be using that new golf course they made instead. yeah like you can make a golf course but like, why do you need to make golf course and a firing range? You should, if you want, like, prioritize. If you, like, you know, like, why don't you put your firing range on there then? I mean, if anything, Exactly, yeah. You know, why do you need a freaking golf course? You There's don't so need many a golf, golf course. course on island. You <laughs> yeah. don't like our golf course? Because <laughs> you, like, want to segregate your... Sorry, I'm just... <laughs> I'm going to stop there. <laughs> exactly, yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, a lot's been leading up to today. Um, the date is uh, September, what, 7? Yeah, and uh, today, um, Senator uh, Therese Terlahi called a, uh, a public hearing uh, for the firing range, I guess, genuinely now. And um, it's quite obvious uh, to, to see what we can do to stop this thing and how the public feels. Because I know um, previously, like, she was uh, stepping on eggshells, trying not to seem like she didn't want to be conceived as uh, anti-American. I'm using my uh, fingers as uh, air quotes <laughs> here, uh, but that was something that she was uh, she was very very careful about, you know. But I mean, um, it's not about being anti-American or you know anti yeah anti. It's not about being anti-American. You can. You can still be Chamorro, you can be an indigenous person, and you can still want some of the securities of, um, you know, uh, having a, an arsenal at your doorstep, you know, um, not to this, this extent, obviously, uh, this is terrible what they're trying to do, but, um, you know, there's a, we, we need to start, we need to try to work these things out, right? I mean, you know, what do you guys think? Anybody? Oh, and by the way, uh, we have new faces here. Um, Alina and Jeremy. Awesome. Cool. I was actually talking about this uh, like a couple hours ago with my cousin. Uh -huh. And I was with the whole, um, yeah, it's not anti-American. And then also with, you know, just like, you know, following what's been going on too. It's, um, oh my God, wait, hold on. What was I think? It was something about, I was talking about how, you know, with all of this kind of militarism, you know, why don't they train people to be more diplomatic instead? Like, sorry, this is just a very more like in general and deep kind of thinking, but like I feel like it's a very important thing. Like, you know, like, w yes, it's important to have defense, but why do we need to keep building so much, you know, training for things that are like for violent measurements? Like, why can't we train people to know how to respond to people when they disagree, 
you know, and like f- I feel like you know the military is a, you know, it's a business kind of corporation. It doesn't look like it. They're not always in suits and a mm-hmm. tie, but it is a business. And I'm not saying that I'm against, you know, like everyone who's in the military. I have family in the military. I'm pretty sure everyone here, at least, knows someone or has someone who's in the military. It's not you know the people it's just the system of it like why are we supporting you know violence or you know it is violent you know the training that they're doing why do you need to train how to shoot a gun when you can train how to use your mind and you know to be accepting of other people's differences but uh, <laughs> you know like i don't know like we've just been too much like militarism for such a long time sorry yeah. this is just i'm just going off on yeah oh nicole did you want to say something to you or like you're kind of talking like we need to learn how to or we need to train people to diffuse the situation instead of diffusing the bomb right kind of thing it could be even a metaphorical bomb you know yeah because like you know we spend so much money on like all these equipments and stuff and some of it it gets wasted like that if they're gonna build that firing range they're gonna take down that million dollar fence that they spent to build that the fence that they're gonna take down. So it's like, you know, there's so much wasted money and they think we don't know how to take care of the land, but what about what they're doing? They build a fence, they're gonna knock it down just to build more stuff that's gonna support and induce violence. Like, what the heck? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just really mad. It's like, yeah, we, we need tell. to stop, you know, getting angry so easily and learn how to like, you know, control, like, you know, this is also psychological mm-hmm. effects. And no, I want to say that, um, I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, wanting more diplomacy, but I think um, I think the military is really good at diplomacy, and that's what the problem is. They're really good. Time. They're really good at, at diffusing um, Puteo Latexan uh, landowners, activists, and uh, concerned citizens. They're really they're really good at diffusing uh, naysayers, as we've seen from the meeting with Chatfield, right? Um, they come with their uh, pre-prepared um, statements. Um, we're sorry, you know, we, um, we, we uh, empathize with you to an extent, but we're still going to build our firing range, and that's that. You know? And like you said, they are, they're a business, they're a corporation, and uh, there are other businesses that feed into that, that mm-hmm. system, right? Mm-hmm. All the arms dealers and what have you, so, yeah. I mean, it may be diplomacy, but is it genuine? Mm-hmm. You know, is it yeah. coming from a good, you know, like really if we want to be like all, you know, is it actually a good type of diplomacy? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, war's been going on for how many years? Like, yeah, you know, imagine if we stopped training people how to fight with guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right now, my mind is, um, is uh, I'm, I'm thinking about violence, you know, and uh, the idea of violence and how violence isn't always physical. Uh, but it can it takes place through through things like diplomacy through um, through uh, uh, resolutions through um, EISs those are all uh, those are all violence you know going going off of that I I think like the most depressing thing about all of this is how like the everything kind of just feels like a formality mm-hmm. right like can like uh, consulting the public for their comments that won't be honestly considered and kind of just like the formality of like holding briefings and holding sessions and kind of saying like okay like we'll listen to you but just so you know we are the contract was already signed 
you know, like the land is already being prepped for being bulldozed. Yeah. And kind of like, it's not even, right? It's not even like the, like what you were saying, it's not outright violence, right? It's not like, well, we're not killing you like the Japanese, right? We're not stealing from you in front of your face. We're kind of just doing it in a very legal, systematic way. Yeah. And so it's like, that's even harder, right? Because it puts you in a position of, the everyone else, you know, whether you're an original landowner, whether you're just a Chihuahua in Guam who cares about this issue, it's you're put in this position of like, oh, wow, are we rehashing the past? You know, that's true. Mm -hmm. This was an ancient Chamoru like uh, issue. This isn't our modern yeah. day issues because national security is important and they're doing a great job of listening to us. And it's like, no, 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 no. They have dismissed like the severity of this whole thing and they've purposely like obscured access to information about how Ritidian was lost in the first place. You know, like, I don't see them going out of their way at their public hearings, like, giving the data of, like, okay, yeah, this is the the history of, like, the lands that we've taken and, like, the, the damage that's happened to them, right? They always talk in these, like, I don't know, they always talk in these, like, uh, uh, future intentions of like, oh, well, what could possibly happen, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the damage might not even be that bad. And anyways, we're gonna, we intend to rebuild the, the lime forest somewhere else. It's like, first of all, that's never happened. And you don't even know if that's possible. We're <laughs> yeah. telling you, right? Like from our indigenous perspective and our scientific perspective of people who know this land, like there's no like fixing the bulldozing of like hundreds of age acres of like ancient forests. Mm -hmm. There's no fixing that. You lay down that concrete and it's gonna be there forever, right? Until like the military takes our concerns seriously. And I think another part, right? It feels very fatalist at this point because it's like these families have been in this fight for what? 50 years? They've been doing this since the 60s. It's like, what's the point, right? And I think that's like the general consensus. I, you either get the people who are super fired up and who are like, yeah, I'll lay down in front of a bulldozer. Or you get the other people who are like, what? You're still complaining about this? I thought we already solved this. Military buildup, you're still talking about it? You're still complaining, but you're on food stamps, right? And they kind of like throw it back at you, which is like, tomorrow's yeah. today have nothing to complain about, right? You, you live in like a comfy welfare state and you would be nothing if it weren't for America. And like, that's the, that's the attitude that gets thrown at us. And so it's like, wow, okay damn, like, I guess I won't care about myself or my history when you put it that way, since I'm such a piece of shit living in the yeah. Pacific, you're right, I should hate myself <laughs> and my history, uh, it's like, go ahead, have it, right, and that's, I, and I, like, that seems dramatic, but I will give you the receipts, I have the screenshots from Twitter, right, I have, yeah. like, old white men telling me, like, you would just be another piece of shit old in the Pacific if it weren't for America, yeah. we, we are your GDP, I'm like, first of all, you're 30% of it, which is a lot, but you're not all <laughs> so up yours, okay? Like oh. you didn't even read the Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay, I like screenshot it and sent it back. I was like, okay. I was like, you you think you're the only one that can make generalizations? It's like f you and your family. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, anyways, you can edit that out if you want I'm not, to. I'm not going to. Um, no, yeah, awesome. don't, don't, don't. Because if they can use that rhetoric against me, well, here you go, right? It's mm. it's so dismissive, yeah. and I think like there's this idea right that like oh land seizures long ago in a galaxy far far away we were stolen from it's like 
what the hell everyone is still alive like <laughs> like my my grand like like my aunties are all still alive like they remember like the documents are fresh you know it's like what is what is but it's like that idea that if you if you can push back like tomorrow resistance right if you can push back that like that history and make it and distance the community further and further away from that it's easy to get them to forget and say like oh man you're right it's not that big of a deal like Latexin, what's another place like i don't even remember sumai like sumai village that wasn't a real place mm-hmm. and it's kind of like like this purposeful like like dismissal of our history and kind of like turning us into fiction yeah, yeah right it was like that dave davis article all over again tomorrow's <laughs> right. they're not a real people everything you have is borrowed everything I'm, about your way of life is borrowed yeah. <laughs> it's like so what's another like piece of land that you can't even really say you owned mm-hmm. and yeah fuck that yeah and, no uh, <laughs> no fuck that for sure and, uh, it's you know up. thinking about dismissal and and violence and how um these institutions enable violence um by not by by first of all framing things in, in certain ways that are beneficial to the the people that are in power and also dismissing um us you know the people that they're talking about and um the the people that they refuse to acknowledge and uh um one of the one of the examples in in just in recent weeks is um the whole north korea shit and how that that air force wife uh made a gofundme account to try and leave guam <laughs> with her children because uh you know because she didn't have a quote unquote a nuclear uh disaster savings account or some shit so anyways i mean i i wrote a I wrote a piece on that and um i thought i i did a good job of tying in history and um and histor- historical facts and uh you know opinions from all over the place from other military wives from chamorros uh, another non-Chamorro people who were critical of this woman. And um, at the end of the day, I worked really hard on this piece. And at the end of the day, uh, 7 p.m., I got an email from uh, um, a managing editor at the paper that I work for, which I'm pretty sure people already know <laughs> by, by now. But but she was like, uh, Manny, it's wrong to bring up the uh, the U.S. Uh, um, abandonment uh, of world and World War II using this woman's uh, plight. And I was like, it's wrong? <laughs> fuck you (laughs) that's yeah she said it's wrong it's wrong to do that i'm like how dare you that's our history and and that actually happened so Mm -hmm. fuck that Mm -hmm. yeah anyways did you know that there's also that the u.s the that gofundme thing was a joke too um they can say that now um and that's equally as bad no yeah uh, that's what i'm saying like you know not only was it we thought initially that it was you know for real and it Mm -hmm. was ludicrous but like not even more that it's the lady even comment on her things like oh it's a joke like that's even more like yeah that's that's so insensitive yeah like what the heck yeah Yeah. so what about from the side of the room um alina jeremy i'm not too familiar with uh you guys's politics or you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, um, tell us a little bit about yourselves, and uh, you know, other than being Bavakwa's sister, <laughs> what else brings you to the meeting besides pizza? You uh, <laughs> know, besides pizza, yeah. Um, well, uh, we just moved here like about a month ago. Uh huh. Um, so I've lived in California my whole life, and so is Jeremy, and uh, so I'm half tomorrow. Cool. And so I sort of made him come here so I can <laughs> go to school and um, I really want to learn tomorrow and learn more about like my heritage and my culture and my family 
because I really didn't get that growing up. And so, you know, I'm very influenced by my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Always very active. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's, it's hard for me to really talk about a lot of stuff because I'm so new to a lot of it. Like, I hear about it online, but I'm not, I haven't been living here knowing it. And so, living with Maget, I've been, like, trying to go to, like, you know, all the protests, all the meetings and everything to try and sort of, understand because well I guess uh, as a as someone of a newcomer to these issues I mean what's your uh, what what do you guys think I mean you guys are are coming in now at uh, like in the thick of it you know like so what do you what do you guys what's your take (laughs) (laughs) well that's what um, Jeremy's family when all the North Korea stuff was really happening. They were like, maybe you should come back. Like, you know, <laughs> why did you then? <laughs> you know, are you okay? And we're like, yeah, we're gonna stay here and we're gonna, you know, deal with whatever happens. Yeah. They're like, if we need to build a underground bunker, like, I got the shovels, like, let's do it. I'm ready, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Just don't use conditioner and you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Jeremy, had you uh, had you been here to Guam uh, before? Or? I've never been here. Wow. This is my first time, and I was I was questioning about coming here, but then when I got onto the island and I spent like the first two weeks, I uh, fell in love with the island. Yeah. And like when all this North Korean stuff was happening, my uh, mother was like, "You should come back." And uh why are you there and, and I was like I want to stay here now like I'm willing to fight for this land yeah. and I'm willing to help the Chamorro people even though I tomorrow people even though I'm not yeah. a tomorrow so cool, man. yeah and I think um I think a, a lot of uh, the problems with um with the media here on Guam uh is uh they they, they paint us activists right um that that word is so loaded now because of just how how much they've abused that word um but they paint us activists into this tiny corner and um you know even with the plebiscite they always refer to it as a chamorro only it's not chamorro only and um you know there there are people here uh who qualify to to vote in the plebiscite who are not chamorro i am so it's not about race you know uh there are people who love this land who aren't chamorro who don't want to see it turn into a giant uh, military base and blow the shit out of it, you know? And, you know, thank you for that. And uh, I know for sure, too, uh, Santa Barbara County. Um, yeah. I lived in uh, Lompoc for five years, so, <laughs> in, uh, yeah, wine in a uh, Mexican country, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for being here, man. Um, so, Andrew, uh, you just walked in a little bit, but. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> You were you were watching from the rafters at the uh, the legislature, you know. Just what was your take, man? Oh, uh, so many things I can say, man. It's been a really long day, first of all. But uh, just being there and um, uh, we've been practicing the bendishon this whole week at school and the only <laughs> thing that i could imagine going through my brain was the bendishon and like how you know 
it's emotional as I was getting, you know, I'm just standing there, you know, like, and of course, like, uh, like uh, a lot of people have stated, like, they try to distance us and to be like, we're like, as a, you know, this was, this happened a long time ago, but no, like, this is, this is today, you know, and so many things from the fishermen community and uh, these, these uh, Guam agencies, you know, kind of left out in the dark and, um, Especially this one uh, uh, gentleman, you know, just please defer to uh, the the federal department. Oh, they yeah. will answer your question. Off the record, fuck that guy. Yeah, just please defer. I mean, like, just blatantly, like, kind of saying, these guys can't answer your questions. They're not equipped to answer the, those kind of questions. I'm like, you know, um, but they have every right to, to, uh, to be equipped and from where I'm standing like they haven't been involved in uh, in a majority of of uh, this process he kept saying jurisdiction right like jurisdiction. we we don't have jurisdiction mm-hmm. and then that's when uh, it's Nelson hard to, to you know to Nelson called him out that, you know yeah. standing there you do like, not have jurisdiction are you a Chamorro person you're Chamorro you know no Tadza no jurisdiction have you um, is this your island you yeah. have jurisdiction like you should be talking about these things right uh. Yeah. So. Uh, what? Oh, okay. I'm gonna press pause really quick then. <laughs> yeah, Mike's Mike's back on. So. Oh. Yeah. Um. That's, that's all I have to say right now. Uh, oh, Kiana, Kiana's here too. Yeah. yeah. How's it going down there, Kiana? <laughs> it's a really long okay, table. Hey, everyone. So. <laughs> it's going great over here. Yeah. Are you teaching also? Yes, uh, Chamorro Arts and Culture at SCA. Oh, yeah. nice. Cool. Colleague Siobhan over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, I'm pretty sure you, you find a lot of uh, ways to, to talk about these things with your students too, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. How, how do these conversations <laughs> usually go Man. in your class? Do I have permission to talk about this, Siobhan? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, I have to, well, sometimes I have to be very careful because some students, I don't know if they're going to take it the wrong way, especially because they're middle school and up, and they have a lot of family that are in the military, but then they want to know a lot about the Texan, and then they have family members at home that are like, don't listen to any of that decolonization <coughs> stuff. Tell me if your teacher is talking to you, especially because of uh, our sweet friend at Southern High. <laughs> and so I have to be very careful. So what I do is I kind of like, Mm, trick them into talking about it <laughs> so i'll do like writing prompts oh i don't trick them i just i don't no 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 no, no. i don't i don't trick them i would never <laughs> um i do like little writing prompts like what's your ideal guam or like what do you not mm-hmm. want to happen in 20 years what do you still want to see in 20 years what do you hope to have would you rather have three more bases on guam or ancestral land still and majority of them still vote for the land and they're like "Mm, yeah they shouldn't do that miss miss i don't think they should why would they do that miss and i'm like "Mm, not too sure let's go to the governor's (laughs) complex and ask (laughs) everyone here's the governor's complex number call them (laughs) so yeah so i don't know i've just been very careful about that uh because you know kids are blunt so like when they ask blunt questions Sometimes I'm scared to say, 
my blunt answer. <laughs> so I'm just like, mm. anyway, writing prompt number two. <laughs> so yeah, it's just nice to see that they're aware though because of the family they have in the military and like the news they watch at six o'clock with their family in the living room. So it's nice to see that they're not really blind to it, but they, they know just as much as we do as mm-hmm. kids. So Yeah, for sure. You know, like I teach US history and you have you know, like we kinda we have to be careful with, with the things that we say. I was just joking with our, our friend at Southern High, I was just <laughs> talking to him on Twitter and I was like, you know, we gotta be careful because pretty soon, you know, we're all gonna get fired. You're gonna see headlines like yeah. GDOE fires handful of anti American <laughs> educators, right? Yeah. So like, you know, like it's gonna be crazy, like pretty soon we're all gonna get fired. So I was like you know, I kind of just relate. Like, I teach U.S. history, so I relate all of the, like, bad shit that happened to the Native Americans. I was like, yeah, that happened on Guam, too. Mm-hmm. And my kids are like, no way, miss. That's some fucked up shit. Like, yeah. like one of my students today was like, well, wait, miss, what am I? Like, am I white? She, she was like, am I white, miss? Like, I'm so confused. Like, what are mestizos? And, like, am I am I Chamorro? Am I Spanish? Am I white? Wait, Spanish were white people? Like, mm-hmm. they were, like, totally oblivious to, like, the whole, like, world. And so, like... You know, I'm kind of like leading them, like like leading them, guiding them down the path, and then letting them come to the realization that that we need independence. You know, yeah. so um, like with the American Revolution coming up in my class, like, I'm gonna like relate, like, oh, you know, that's kind of like what we have on Guam, or that's kind of what we're doing here on Guam. That's kind of what this is on Guam. You know, yeah. it, it's really parallel. And then they're gonna be like, yeah, Miss, you know, we should be independent. I'm hoping, I'm hoping <laughs> that's what they're gonna, the conclusion yeah. they're gonna draw, and then. And then I'm gonna say, yeah. you should come to here's here's extra credit or service learning yeah. to come to come to the independent Guahan rally or whatever. Man, um, just yeah, to go back the to the teacher at Southern High though, I, um, because there's one student that I have that's interested in the independence Guahan, but they're not too sure how their parents would feel. Mm. So he goes, Miss. Mm, When's the next meeting? And I'm like, mm, I'm not too sure. It's tonight, but you're probably not going to go. <laughs> and then, like, I realized this teacher at Southern High, when he was talking about um, decolonization and basically the history accurate, like, he wasn't lying about it, um, they took it the wrong way because that's not what's in the textbook, right? Or the voice, the girl who recorded him, um, like, they don't teach that. He's making it up. It's not in the textbook. But... Honestly, yeah, like, if you were to talk about decolonization, right, it's like, you're not gonna talk about ponies and shit, like, you're gonna mm-hmm. be for real about it, like, it's gonna sound mean, because what they did to us was, like, wasn't level one tra- traumatization, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. So, when you're gonna talk about decolonization, you're gonna be like, yeah, they fucked us up, bro, <laughs> they ruined my life, life ruiners, yeah, so it's not gonna be, like, Oh yeah, decolonization. Let's move forward together. Yay! <laughs> you're gonna be like really intense about it, and you're gonna bring up all the bad stuff, and then everyone's gonna take it, especially the parents. Everyone's gonna take it in a negative way, like mm. wow, they're trying to brainwash my kid. Like no, sweetie, <laughs> we're trying to let your kids know. <laughs> so to the teacher at Southern High, congrats, you made it to the news. <laughs> Yeah, all of a sudden, the superintendent is on board with decolonization (laughs) in the classroom. So, yeah. You guys want to give a quick rundown about what what we're talking about? Um, Maybe want to give the backstory on 
So there was there was a teacher <laughs> and he gave a very impassioned lecture on um, Chamorro history, our history of being colonized, our history of because you can't talk about decolonization without talking about colonization. So that was kind of his justification for uh, teaching Guam's history in a Chamorro language class. The outrage was that one, he swore when he was getting upset talking about the bad stuff in our history and then two um the content of his class the criticism was that you shouldn't be talking about history in a language class and that Chamorro language has nothing to do with american politics that pissed me off because the only reason why we have to teach the language in the first place in the classroom is because it was outlawed under American politics, martial law, right? So like American politics and how it interacts with Chamorro history is super important to understanding why every five years we have 5,000 less speakers. If you don't talk about in the class that in the classroom and you just pretend that Chamorro class is just mess Chamorro and Dan Dandy Panderettas and you know weaving like you know those are that's important but you if you can't talk about the politics of language in a language class wh why are you in school <laughs> you know but that was the outrage well okay the other outrage was that he swore in class which I'm like okay we can talk that's like a separate conversation right about professionalism and and should we use expletives in a classroom setting but right he he did say that like in his as kiana was saying in that impassioned moment where you're talking about the traumatization the intergenerational trauma of your people by an empire whether spanish you know and he wasn't just talking about america it was it was, the article wrote it as if it was an anti-american lecture he was just giving the history right he said the same impassioned lecture about spain japan and the u.s right he wasn't like specifically focusing on them but when you're going to catch it up to modern day, yeah, you're going to focus on them because that's the current regime that we're living under, right? <laughs> so that was the whole outrage. And an article was written. There were two articles, actually, like a follow-up article in the Post. Um, and it was a teacher gives rant. And uh, a student recorded it. And their parents were really upset. So that was the whole issue. I think it, personally, I think it brought up the larger issue of the lack of education in general and that the fact that our guam public schools or just not even public public and private schools don't prioritize our region's history or our region's knowledge and it's like you're telling me that as a sophomore or a fr freshman sophomore junior senior in high school you don't know about stuff that's happened in our region not like ancient history we're talking about recent history you don't know what happened you don't know the organic act you mean to tell me that our schools don't prioritize this and everyone is going to say well they teach a guam history class and it's like first of all i've read those textbooks they're romanticized and they don't tell our history they tell it in like picture books and they show us in Saudis building huts and then all of a sudden we're in military uniforms and it's like whoa how the hell did that happen you know how did we go from this beautiful village of sumai to like there's big navy owning you know and the air force owning a th like a third of our island like there's a gap in the information that nobody talks about nobody you know? talks about it nobody talks about it from kindergarten to middle school to high school none of my high school i taught five 80 minute sessions at gw because a tomorrow teacher asked me to go and teach their class a simple history on militarization 
None of them knew about the nuclear testings that happened after World War II. Mm-hmm. None of them knew who the, who the name of our first governor was and that he was racist, Richard Leary. You know, they didn't even know what martial law was. They didn't know that the language was banned. They didn't know, like, all of these key moments in our history that have got us to Latexen. So, like, how are they supposed to be outraged if they didn't know how we got here? Mm-hmm. How are they supposed to be outraged if it just seems like another day on Guam, where America's day begins, where everybody comes back in a casket because we, that's what we do. We give our bodies and our language and our land to the military. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to be like, no, don't build a firing range on that lime forest because they have the whole damn island, you know? Of course you're not going to be upset. Of course it's going to seem like, wow, that Chamorro family really needs to just get over it. They've been protesting since the 60s. <laughs> well, why the fuck? You know, why have they been protesting? <laughs> did you ever bother to wonder why, like, they're, like, going crazy? It's like, how did you talk to, you know, you know, Auntie Cat? Like, did you talk to the Floreses or the Agueros or the Azuzus or the Quans or, like, the, like, there's so many families that were affected. And it's like, mm, you know, that was just, like, a petty, like, little thing that happened. It's like, no, fuck you. People were homeless after the war, and none of our high schoolers know that. That's some bullshit. <laughs> it's like, how, like how, did, how in the world have we gotten to a place where our own people don't even know what happened in our region, but I can sing all the states, and I know all of their capitals, and I know mm. what the fucking flower of Oregon is. It's like, what kind of irrelevant, like, systematic dismissal of our history mm-hmm. that's why we're here that's why we're still protesting Latexin, because our entire people and our identity and our history has been systematically erased since 1898 starting with richard leary whether it was you know like and, and up to now under president trump everyone is responsible for that anyway um I'm calm now, but uh, that was just my specific perspective of that. Uh, there are plenty of other people who think otherwise, which is totally fine. No, we all think the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm behind you, Stevie. You're doing great. Like, uh, wow. Okay, and also, I, I, it's a personal slight because I happen to be a florist by marriage. So my grandpa, my great-grandpa bulldozed the road to Ritidian. So the road that the National Fish and Wildlife use to bar people out of Flores land was built by Benino Flores, my great grandpa. And those people can't even go to their childhood, to their home. So that's Mary, Maria's your cousin? Or? Again? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Guam is yeah. yeah, small. It's like, whoa, that activist is your cousin? <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, dude. Hey, <laughs> We're all in the struggle together. <laughs> Damn, that was intense. I've said it before, Shaban, you and uh, your sisters need your own show called <laughs> called Wokesters. I that. Oh yeah. That. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Have you have you met uh, uh Shannon and Katie? No. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're all <laughs> sisters and uh, they're all like super smart and like super like super woke. And <laughs> so. So I proposed a show called a uh, Wokesters or some shit like that. I don't know. If you if you could indigenize it, I'd be I'm down for that. Yeah. 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 No, that was intense. That was good. Yeah. So, um, what about like uh, 
coming from California um, just recently, I mean, um, you know, obviously the U.S. is in a bit of a social turmoil, I would say. I mean, or at least the, the media wants to paint it that way. For whose benefit, I don't know. Um, well, actually, you know what? Even uh, disregarding the media, like, I've heard, like, Berkeley is fucking crazy. Like, there's a bunch of protests, like, on the daily. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what, what, um, what's your guys' take, you know? Well, where I come from, it's a very small, conservative, like, 98% white mm-hmm. community. And they're very racist and like crazy, but no, like <laughs> no, just like um, you know. And just the other day, I was reading, or because of the DACA, the Dreamers, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, there was protest outside of our uh, representative's office back in California, wow. and people who I went to school with were like, "Oh my gosh, they're like so sensitive, like." you know, hashtag triggered, like, little, like, mm. snowflakes. I'm like, what I is wrong that, with yeah. you people? <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. And um, it it's funny because there's those people, and then on the other side of it is I have a lot of friends who are, you know, their parents came from Mexico or, mm. you know, and they were brought with them, and so they're under, you know, the dreamers, and they're scared. They're really concerned, and um, a lot of my friends are like, I've been here my whole life, like, I feel like I'm an American, but, you know, am I going to get deported, like, to somewhere where I don't know? You know, mm. it's it's really harsh. Interesting. Yeah. What about you, uh, Jeremy? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, well, I guess, well, you guys are coming from the same town, essentially, well, right? Or? She's from Central uh-huh. uh, Coast California. I'm from Sacramento originally. Oh, okay. So, and, but in Sacramento, I guess race, it's not big of an issue there Mm -hmm. because we're all different in Sacramento. It's a big city. It's very very diverse. diverse. Very different from where I grew up. Yeah. (laughs) So, coming from Sacramento, going to an area like Alina's in, it was very like, is this a snapshot of what the world is like? Like, (laughs) <laughs> or America, like on the, the eastern side of the United States, so it was kind of a life experience for me. Of we're pretty, it was pretty lucky. We were pretty lucky living in California, being it so diverse and having different opinions, rather than being on the eastern side where it's very conservative and you have to do this and this and this. So mm. although even you know in California, Jeremy is half black experienced a lot of like racism you know and especially in the area that i was living in you know cops would pull him over just because he's you know not white Mm. yeah and um you know it's where it shows you that there's still places that are like so you know set in their ways Mm -hmm. that are you know where they don't want to accept other people like, there's still so many people I know who fly the Confederate flag in California, wow. and they're just like, oh, it doesn't represent slavery. I'm like, do you remember what the Civil War was about? <laughs> like, do you remember? <laughs> 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 that economics, that's not what the voting black people have to take Making America great again. Making America great again. Yes, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested in, um, you know, the, the social politics that's playing out right now. Um, you know, because uh, we're out here watching it from a distance. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm inclined to say that it seems uh, the downfall of an empire yeah, <laughs> seems super beneficial to uh, us out here, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What What are some like uh, relevant relevant issues? I mean, well, so so DACA just happened recently. Mm -hmm. um, but even before that, I remember um, like when Trump announced like, uh, you know, sending sending uh, people back to uh, to South America and all that stuff like um, ICE ICE agents were already like hunting people down and shit. And like uh, I remember uh, listening to a, a Democracy Now! episode where they were talking about a woman and her kid and her kids who were like hiding out in a church and like mm -hmm. they wouldn't leave because um, she was like super afraid that she would get deported. Like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. For a while, I lived in uh, Santa Maria, uh -huh. in California, and it was it's. How do I say this? The city. It was like ninety. It was ninety percent probably Hispanic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when that news broke, the whole city was like on edge. Yeah. And then our the mayor for that city instantly said, "You guys are safe. Yeah. Nothing's ever going to happen to you." And then mm -hmm. you kind of saw a relief in that city that okay yeah. we're okay because in that area it's a lot of farming mm -hmm. and so there's just a lot of like oh do we need to leave now like i've had friends where their parents like as soon as the news broke they went back to mexico yeah. and they mm -hmm. like stayed there until they heard the news that they were okay mm -hmm. and they were safe to come back at my old job um almost all my coworkers. um you know, came from Mexico, and they, you know, they, they were making jokes like, oh, like, Alina, you know, we're going to have you marry this one of our <laughs> guys, and then we're going to, you know, she's going to marry someone else, so we can all stay here. But in the end, they were actually, you know, afterwards, they're like, this is really scary. Like, mm -hmm. this is our lives, and just to say, no, like, you have to go back. Yeah. You know, it's kind of ridiculous when you yeah. think about it. Yeah, when you when you mentioned that, I'm sort of imagining like, uh, you know, for a lot of people like um, the politics of being an indigenous person, like those aren't things that you know they discuss on the on the daily. You know, they're not worried about those things. Uh, they're just living their lives, and um, you know, then something like like this happens, and un unfortunately, it's something like this, something so drastic, that it has to make people stop and think about you know, the the severity of all of this, and um, yeah. Th there's a lot of that out here too obviously um like the work of uh the independent task force has been so difficult because uh, uh you know we've had to try to convince people that one we are colonized you know and just to, to get people over that fact and that that's, that's a hurdle in itself so yeah it's the work we do for our chinese overlords <laughs> and our north korean funders <laughs> is very important independent guahan says ni hao ma xie xie to all of our Chinese masters. Because oh anyways, I just, I get like a, an email every like, every week from somebody telling me, stop selling us out to the Chinese. And I'm tempted to respond and say, do you know them? Are they looking to buy a movement? <laughs> I mean, because 
Hook me up. <laughs> if they have, if they've got easier procurement than the government of Guam, then we might want to buy into whatever the Chinese are selling. Anyways, I bring that up. I bring that up just because it was really funny. Because uh, when I spoke at the Rotary Club over the summer, this one uh, older white guy. Because I, I barely said anything about independence, but the crowd was already very antagonistic against me. <laughs> and so I just said something at the end. I was like, look, our, our elders that survived World War II, would you look at them and would you say that they couldn't take care of themselves? We're only a couple generations removed from them. And so rather than sitting around <coughs> trashing ourselves, we should look at what they did and what made them so strong, and we should try to to learn that spirit mm -hmm. and then question is you know do you think that people want to give up their US passports and I'm like well I didn't talk about that but we can talk about that <laughs> yeah. and then so they all like attack me and then the last guy is like you know what I, I I really like what you're saying let's just let's just go and give ourselves up for the Chinese right now and I'm like and then I looked at him and I was like you know what that's a joke and I'm giggling with you but if we were smart, then we would actually take that seriously. And then he, he was like, he was like, you know, he snorted at me because, you know, I guess older white men, they go to school to learn how to snort at, at light brown men, I don't know. And so, and so I was like, no, let's take this seriously. You guys, you're, you're a businessman, you know, and if, as long as you don't subscribe to the Donald Trump school of business, which is take the first offer as soon as possible so you can get back onto the golf course, you know that leverage is important. And so Guam, the way it is now, we get whatever we get. But you may look at a place like Yap or the FSM or Saipan and think, oh, you know, they're selling themselves off to the Chinese. So they, they've, they've sold themselves off to the United States for quite a while. And now the United States is basically looking at the FSM and saying, and Palau and the Marshall Islands and saying, we don't want to give you any more money. You guys are like children, you guys are leeches. And so the FSM starts, and, and Palau start looking at China. Mm -hmm. And we can, from an Americanized, colonized perspective, we look at that and we say, they're traitors, they're anti-American, they're going against the United States. Is, if the United States doesn't have your interest at heart and isn't taking you seriously, then why would you stick with them? Yeah. That's the worst thing that you could ever do internationally is go into a room and sit at the negotiating table and say, you know what, I love you and I can't live without you. Let's negotiate. Because <laughs> then they're going to be like, oh, we're going to give you nothing. And you're like, okay, thank you. Thank you. Whoa, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that we're still BFFs. I was so afraid that you're going to walk out of here like that. But all of these businessmen in the room were thinking you've got to stay loyal to America no matter what. But I said, look, the smart thing would, would be for these places in Micronesia to, to reach out to the Chinese, to start to make deals with them, because, and then if the United States wants to keep a relationship with them, it's got to treat them with respect. But you'll never get that respect if you make it clear like the CNMI did when it was negotiating its covenant, that you will do anything to stay part of them, that you will because that, that was the difference between the CNMI and the other places. The CNMI said, we want to be a part of you, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so you look at what the CNMI got. The CNMI got, what was at that time, a millions of dollars for Tinian and selling out the Northern Islands, which today is barely worth anything. But at that time, they thought, oh, we're, we're getting so much stuff. This is such an amazing deal. But the United States was laughing at them. 
whereas the other islands, the United States wanted to give them nothing, and they said, well, that's fine. We want independence then. We don't want to be a part of you. And the United States said, wait, 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 no. Okay, we'll give you stuff if you stay close to us. <sighs> An important lesson. An important lesson for, hmm. for those of us here in Guam is that for, for every state, leverage is important. If you don't have any leverage, you just get taken advantage of. But if you, and it's all about an issue of if you let yourself get taken advantage of because you feel patriotism or loyalty. So that's why we need more anti-American teachers. <laughs> <laughs> this song goes, no, I'm kidding. It's just more like identifying It's not, it's, well, we have to change the frame a little bit. If you live in a, you, if you live in a colony, then you should not have any pro-colonial education. It's, it's normal to have it because that's who's in charge. You're supposed to kind of look up to them. You're supposed to worship them. You're supposed to learn everything about them. You're supposed to learn their state birds, their state capitals. You're supposed to know that Missouri is the show me state and California is the golden state. You're supposed to know all of that stuff because they're the colonizer, they're in charge. But what does that gain you? Pa colonies don't get things necessarily because they're patri patriotic. Like that's a, that's a misconception. That's something that you feel. You feel if you're just patriotic, then you'll be able to get your China-Guam-only visa waivers. If you're patriotic, then the federal government will allow you to control your own immigration, give you your own EEZ, that it'll, it'll leave Latexan alone. None of those, all of those things basically show that patriotism doesn't matter. If Donald Trump wants to cut food stamps, Congress agrees with him. It doesn't matter if everyone on Guam has a bald eagle tattoo on their ass. <laughs> doesn't make any difference. Mm -hmm. Real politique. And so, but, so it makes you wonder, what is the purpose of teaching our children like they are Americans? Especially if every single one goes to the United States and has the experience where somebody tells them, what, you're an American? Mm -hmm. What is the point of that? You're not teaching them about their reality. You're teaching them about a fantasy. The fantasy that Guam is where America's day begins. And it's a comforting fantasy most of the time, but then it breaks down quite easily mm -hmm. uh, when you think about stuff like the MIT or the Texan, military buildups, North Korea. It falls apart real quick. And so we need more teachers that are not simply going to just perpetuate the fantasy. And oftentimes, if you don't keep up the fantasy, then people call you anti-American mm -hmm. because the curriculum is all there to make people good American colonial subjects to fit in like an egg, sh egg carton. You know, you just mold yourself into that egg and then you get put in that carton of, of not that great eggs at Payless that got imported from somewhere else and, <laughs> and apparently went bad three or four months ago. <laughs> but so, yeah, we definitely need more. I like what you guys were talking about, about sort of the way that you're introducing these topics. And it should be the curriculum. It shouldn't be that you have to use your strategies to get yes. it in. It should be part of the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Because, and if anyone ever challenges that, just say like, look, what would it gain if students in Texas decided to throw away all the curriculum, although Texas probably should throw away most of its curriculum, <laughs> and they decided to basically adopt the curriculum from Nigeria? Would the students in Texas sort of strive to achieve would they be confused about who they are? Would they doubt their abilities because they aren't all Nigerian princes? 
would they be would they not know what to do would they be kind of lost like is this me Are, why am I learning this I, I'm supposed to learn this this is important because somebody gets paid to sit up there and 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 tell me what's in the book mm -hmm. and this book is very fancy and it's very thick and Gov Guam pays millions of dollars every year to get these books for us <laughs> students in Texas would be really confused just <laughs> like students in Guam are really confused yeah. and have no idea what the hell they're supposed to do with their lives because they can't scrub their skin away they can't change where they came from they can't change the past so they're not gonna be the white bread sort of kids in the Dick and Jane primers mm -hmm. And so we need more uh, anti-American teachers, mm -hmm. critical, critical teachers who will basically, if you don't like anti-American, you can say anti-colonial or decolonial. Mm -hmm. yeah. But basically because when somebody like Greg Eckley, or we, were we not supposed to say his name? I mean, he publicized it. Okay, yeah, that's right. He was, a, he was a newspaper with yeah. his middle finger out yeah. anyway, so... When somebody like him is talking about how America is this country which goes on bomb places, takes over places, sort of forces people into imperial relationships, colonial relationships, a, t a mother may sort of get angry and say, don't tell my daughter that. It's like, your daughter should know that mm -hmm. because that's our history too. Mm -hmm. we, we did not become attached to the United States because William McKinley, former president of the United States, came to Guam carrying stuffed unicorns and sort of bags of cotton candy mm -hmm. and said, here's apple pie for y'all. Y'all's Americans. <laughs> Welcome to the family. And then Tun Maria, or Tan Maria and Tun Jose were like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> what is he saying? I don't know, but that looks fun, that cotton candy. <laughs> Nothing like that happened. It was part of a imperial exchange. Yeah. And, and so... Anyways, it's all about changing that, changing that frame, giving people other frames so that yeah. they can sort of, uh, so that they can understand their situation. But always just remember that if anyone ever challenges you on that, just say, think about what it would be like if students in place X decided, or if the school system in place X decided to completely throw everything out and suddenly teach from place Y. Mm -hmm. And then think about how it would affect them. And if you think that that's not appropriate, then why is it that appropriate for students mm -hmm. here in Guam? Yeah. And there's, and it's not like there's a lack of precedent for this kind of curriculum. Every state has state-centric uh, mm -hmm. curriculums because that's the expectation. The problem with being some kind of like sideline uh, in the middle territory is that like we're a we're an in-between status and so every like they don't know like standardized laws standardized like education policy out there like it doesn't apply to us and, and it never will and like when you like teach and like this was the problem that like and like i'm a high school teacher now and like if i ask my students if they can name me at least one pacific islander author and all of them are silent First of all, I can't even say anything to them because that was me in high school. But it's like it just—it just, just kind of gives you this idea that, like, yeah, no, mm -hmm. our our mm -hmm. education system tells us that we are of no value. We have nothing to say because it doesn't teach from our perspective. And so, like, if you're teaching English and history and science from this idea that, like, and like, and then all of a sudden you have like one random one-off session, like okay, we're going to cover everything that's, like, Guam-related over here, mm -hmm. and you compartmentalize us, yeah, we're going to sideline our issues because we, we're going to make the disconnect that, like, oh, yeah, American standards and American history and American policy is different from, like, my cultural identity. 
because that's how the classroom sets it up. And I don't have to draw the parallels between the revolution and my life Mm -hmm. because those are two different subjects. And there's no integration of like our region. And this is why people, this is why tomorrow's like a lot of us don't even associate ourselves as Micronesians. Mm -hmm. I I asked a class, right? Five different 80 minute sessions at GW, right? Like, hey, you guys know we are Micronesian. We are part of the Marianas <laughs> Islands. No, 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 miss. We're from the Marianas. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, the Marianas <laughs> is in Micronesia. <laughs> and we can deconstruct the problematic terminology there. But for right now, since you're using that word, start identifying with your region. But there's no there's no identification with our region. Mm-hmm. There's no pride in saying, like, Palau is a population of 20,000, and they can they – can, pull America's arm and say, fine, you're gonna treat us like this and we'll make a deal with China. And America will freak out over a population of 20,000 supposedly stupid Micronesians. They're free. They can make laws that say, no, if you don't have Palauan descent, you can't apply for citizenship. And if you don't have Palauan descent, you can't, um, you can't buy land, right? Like I have to be able to prove my lineage through my mother and her mother and her mother in order to get land there. I can't just show up and say, well, you know, I have a dollar. They're going to tell me, well, fuck a dollar. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, can you speak your language? Do you care about us? Do you know how to plant taro? Then buy. You know, they can charge me, a Palauan, a tourism tax. You know, it's like you're going to pay $90 to leave this country on top of, you know, the, the ticket. Because we can do that. Because we care. And, and we've created, we're a free nation. And we could set the boundaries. And it's like you have Chamorros living on Guam who laugh at that and say, yeah, but they don't have McDonald's. And it's like, dude, oh my God, I'm gonna fight you right now. Like, I can make chicken. Why, like, who cares? Like, you know what, yes, every time I go to Palau, I have to bring chickens with me, but that's besides the point. Like, like they're free, you know what I mean? Like, my cousins are going to like, they don't, they don't think about like, oh, what American university am I going to? They go to universities in Japan and Taiwan. They learn like, they, they have an international perspective of the world. They know their region. They know their international politics, inside and out. Us, mm-hmm. like over here, we learn about how small we are and how stupid we are mm-hmm. compared to Hawaii and then from Hawaii compared to the West Coast and then from the West Coast compared to the world. It's like we, like, we, we constantly are measuring ourselves up against people who don't even care about us. And we scoff and laugh and we teach our kids how to hate like our own region and how to hate our history and how to hate our our language and, and and right we we laugh at ourselves and we laugh at the kids who are chawed we laugh at the kids who have indigenous lodge who, who have indigenous knowledge so it's like yeah nobody's gonna give a shit about chamorros and our rights and we're gonna sound like a bunch of crazy people because where did you learn that you learned that in kindergarten it's like yeah we've been sidelined and we've been compartmentalized so yeah we're not surprised that the military is gonna kind of easily build that firing range and that, oh, Lee Weber is going to say, well, why are you only now saying stuff? This is just how it is. That's the way cookie crumbles. It's just history. Empires do this, you know? We park, We didn't, we, you didn't ask for Guam to be strategically uh, great, but location, location, your real estate. And it's like, you are a, a supposedly a leader of this island, and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to reduce us to our, our military real estate, and you're going to say, well, those are the facts. So that justifies you guys parking your boats here and taking our land? 
Donald Trump. It's like the way Donald Trump talks to his kids. Well, you know, Yvanka, you're really attractive. You should really be a whore. Exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of you know, just like, you got long you legs. Know? Guys will pay extra yes. for that. And it's you like, know? well, that's just like, how oh, it is, you know? Yeah, dad. Dude, the amount of comments that I interact God with every America. week. You know, history is about <laughs> winners and lunar- losers. Winners and losers. That's how it is. Sorry, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't decide to be the best. We just are. I'm like, okay, you fucking racist. <laughs> like, that's what white supremacy is called. Or that's the language of people that we all decided, the international community said, hey, that's a bad idea. And that the hypocrisy in it is like the permanent members of the United Nations, right, America themselves, founded a charter that said, hey, guys, colonization was a bad idea. Decolonization is the future. And it's like, you know, some billion years later, we're the last 17, we're, the, we're in the dregs. And it's like, why? Well, I don't know. Democracy and freedom is great, but not when it's like not at our advantage. And it's like, dude, oh. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sweating, sorry guys, it happened again. Clearly, clearly there need to be more React videos. <laughs> it's like, oh. this, this crew needs to do Here's more React Sandy. videos. Any other reactions down there? Anyone else? Stacia? Oh shoot. Andrew? Keonta? Or you can you can see to that mic and then I can see that mic. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm just like, you know, listening to all that you guys are talking about too is also just kinda going back on the whole like issue of, you know, with the Southern High teaching, like you know, if you're gonna get mad every time someone talks about something that's not made up, and it's maybe something you don't agree with, you're just kind of supporting that, raising your child to think that way. Like every time something they hear is not something that they want to hear, or like you make your child believe that oh, it's something that you shouldn't listen to, then how are they gonna survive in this world? Mm-hmm. You know, you're not gonna agree with everyone, mm-hmm. so you're gonna you're you're okay with your child being brought up like every time something doesn't sound like pleasant then they're just gonna ignore it that's you uh what is it what is that called survival of the fittest is gonna get you (laughs) you know if you want to go in scientific terms you know only it you know the smartest and the ones capable of handling you know hardship can survive it is funny the way conservatives create such delicate snowflakes (laughs) and they call us snowflakes they attack more liberals and critical people for being snowflakes but i mean look at they're just projecting. Look at white supremacists and their statues. Please don't touch my statue. <laughs> my culture. You, you, my you culture tore down my statue. No. So what do I stand for Black now? Black people live in the past. I Me did. holding onto the statue is not living in the past oh. at all. <laughs> I need a tiki torch. I need a <laughs> is that <laughs> even a tiki torch? Did you see that post where it's like, we do not represent these people who bought our tiki torches. Please do not buy our tiki torches for your Nazi protesting <laughs> like uh, I wait for the next white supremacist rally uh, <laughs> all of these companies oh <laughs> saying we are khakis the gap does not support <laughs> white supremacists oh my god they're gonna be like every time like a a, a suspicious Hello looking customer comes in they're like what the heck I didn't even know they sell that <laughs> what the heck I don't know but should definitely talk about uh, white supremacy and white privilege because yeah we should uh, put like local or not today but for a future yeah, podcast uh, just because 
<laughs> we have to sort of, because um, even just in this conversation, it's important that we sort of try to centralize our region and then deal with issues from there. And, and all of us, right, that whole, you need to speak English in order to be successful, you need to be speak English in order to survive, essentially, right? World War II, even before World War II, we were told, we can't speak tomorrow, don't speak tomorrow, don't speak tomorrow. It was literally illegal. You know, we would literally get beaten for speaking our own language. So, you know, like my grandparents were like, they didn't want to teach my parents any tomorrow because they thought they wouldn't succeed in life because they thought, you know, they, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't go anywhere. And even my cousins today, my cousin tells me, you know, all the time, I'm like, I'm trying to speak in, uh, tomorrow and I try and teach my younger cousins what I know. And then my other cousin comes in and she says, why are you even bothering? Tomorrow's not an international language. You know, like, where is that? What good is that going to do you anywhere besides Guam? You know, like, what? And, and even on Guam, what good is it going to do you here on Guam? And I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, are you, like, the dumbest person in the world? Like, <laughs> and then she even, yeah, but, you know, she also turns around and she's like, I don't really care about politics because I'm not really going to live on Guam, so I'm not going to vote. I'm like, okay, then go vote, and I'll tell you who to vote for. <laughs> Give me your vote. I will tell you who to vote for. But she's like, I don't care about politics. I'm not even going to live on Guam. There's no success on Guam. You know, I'm going to move off the island because that's the only place that I'm going to be successful. That's the only place I'll be happier, that I'll prosper, you know. And I'm like, ah, just fucking go. I don't even want you here anymore. <laughs> like, just, what the fuck is your problem? Like, ah. Yeah. Uh. So it just kills me when, like, when our own people don't believe in our own, in our island, you know, or, or in each other, you know? Like, my, my, like, biggest dream is to open up a performing arts high school, right? So that our youth know that Guam is, you don't have to go off island or go to America in order to be successful or in order to be, you know, an international star or whatever you want to do. You know, Guam can be, you can, mm -hmm. we can create Guam into a hub for, mm -hmm. for people to come to Guam and create films, come to Guam to go to, to, to dance school you know we can create an international like powerhouse of, mm -hmm. of education in all aspects you know it, you don't have to leave home to be somebody mm -hmm. you know so like that's like oh that just drives me insane mm -hmm. sorry and I'm sure conversations with friends and family are like well shouldn't we have like a criminal justice academy instead or a business marketing mm -hmm. or accounting oh, academy mm -hmm. instead or public administration academy where, mm -hmm. where Ron McNinch is like the head of it and it's like a freaky <laughs> Japanese high school manga. <laughs> Dude. Oh. Uh, but that's that's such a good that's such a good point. It's like if we you we have to just think about it. Like many years ago, like Robert Underwood said to me that in the in the in hum in recent human history, Guam is unique in one way and it's really depressing. And he said most places in the world want more control over their lives. If you're a community that has a history like Guam's, you want sovereignty. You want self-determination. You want decolonization. But Guam is one of the places where the, if you ask the majority of the people, they would want somebody else to come in and control them more. Mm -hmm. That if the, like, if the feds are going to come in and take over something, then people are like, oh, finally, because you know, with, with Joe Cruz in charge of it, we were going nowhere fast. Mm -hmm. It's good. Now we'll get John Smith in charge of mm -hmm. it, and it'll go somewhere. And it's like, most people complain wherever they are. Mm -hmm. But in Guam, there is, this, there is this way of talking to ourselves, which if you switched it into another context and you were parenting based on regular everyday Guam discourse, 
it would be like something that would go viral and everyone in the world would hate you because it would kind of be like mom i want to be a sailor oh well you know you kind of suck ass <laughs> you know you're kind of shitty at everything you do and the last time i gave you something do you remember you kind of got everything wet you ruined everything in the house so i'm just gonna lock you in the closet today and then i'm gonna go and visit afghanistan and blow some shit up over there <laughs> But then I'm going to come back and check on you every once in a while, maybe around Liberation Day. And, but mom, that doesn't sound, well, why don't you just shut the fuck up? Because you shouldn't really talk because you don't speak that great when you talk. I, that's, that's the way we talk about Guam. That's the yeah. way we talk about ourselves. Yeah. If, we laugh, but it's true. It's yeah. true. If, we, if you parented like that, then people would start a GoFundMe site mm -hmm. to send you to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And it's, it's that brainwashed system of dependency, right? Like, mm -hmm. we've been brainwashed into thinking we need the U.S., we won't mm -hmm. survive, we won't survive, there's no way that this will, that will succeed. And so, like, we've been, we've been brainwashed into believing that so much that, like, we really do believe it. Like, mm -hmm. there's just no way out yeah. for some people. Mm -hmm. True. Yep. And... Wait, you're coming back though, right? Yes, I'll be back. Because we have to fix, we have to film Sexy Gumatato's video. Again. Yes. Hey. <laughs> Did I say sexy? I meant Sinexy Gumatato's video. Sinexy, Sinexy. Because Independent Guahan is a female-dominated group, so at the meeting, at the at the core group meetings, all the women talk about how handsome the men are. <laughs> It's really weird Who and awkward. Who needs to be the face of the movement? So it's always kind of like every time we say we need something. You guys know John Guerrero, right? No. John? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen, you've met John mm -hmm. or you've seen him. Every, at every meeting, every time we need something, Monica Flores is like, Licensee John, he's got, the, <laughs> he's got those handsome looks. <laughs> Check. Oh, wait. You can pause it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exit out everything. <laughs>